Hi, I'm Amy. Hi, I'm Gabby. And this is Overworked. Where we talk about work, life and everything in between. Hi, I'm Gabby. And I run Gabby J Digital, which is a social media agency uh, for small businesses. So I work with small businesses on their Facebook and their Instagram, uh, their blog posts and all their online content to essentially make them look amazing online. And I also then teach that at university. So I get to teach first and second years how to use social media in the real world um, and not for their personal uh, weekend party photos. I mean, party photos are good. I mean, sort of. Sort of sometimes. But not really. Actually, not at all. Yeah, not Particularly really. if you're trying to lying. get a job. I was <laughs> lying. <laughs> I'm like, it's, it's okay. I'm... Yeah, no, it's not. No. Party photos are not good. Dog photos are really good, though. Oh, dog photos are great. Definitely so good. Yeah. You, did you teach that in your class, though? How bad party photos are or no. how good dog photos how are? How good dog photos are. <laughs> um, no, I haven't, but I'll do that. I'll do that next week. Excellent. Please take a photo so that we can put it on our Instagram. Sure. And show people that you teach people how to use Instagram for proper use. Perfect. <laughs> And Amy, what do you do? What do I do? I am the head of people and operations at Little Tokyo 2, which is a small business incubator. I am also a people and culture specialist over at Ace and Aura, which is my own consulting business. And that is it. I don't think I have any other job. No, no, that's it. Yep. That's it. That's it. And we'll find out more about you later in the podcast. Yeah, definitely. So I guess this podcast is going to be more about integrating life through work and work through life rather than balancing the two, because I guess what we're trying to get at is that balancing is almost unattainable Mm -hmm. because we do spend so much time at work and so much, not so much time doing the life things. So I was talking to my friend about work-life balance and she was explaining that work-life integration is more of a concept that people should be aspiring for. And that is more realistic than balance, where how I talked about being equal parts, both. I don't know if that's going to be the case because obviously you spend more time at work. But if you can integrate parts of life into that, so having a break for lunch and having that break with your partner, for example, I see so many of the members here that their partners come and have lunch with them. And I think that's really nice. Yeah. And I think that's they probably have a bit more flexibility than other people to be able to do that. But even just taking a break on your lunchtime and making that time yourself, like not sitting at your desk and doing work, which we are all victims of. Oh yeah. Lunchtime, screen time. Yep. I, I have a habit of um, stepping away from my desk for lunch and then going to the lunch room And having lunch while I'm on my phone. (laughs) And doing the same thing that you're doing on your computer. Exactly. Yeah, nice. I'm not at my computer though, so it counts, right? (laughs) Yeah, I guess. No. (laughs) (laughs) So there's this common misconception, well, I think it's a misconception, that women don't like sharing their age. Because I was on my top deck to a group in the, like the group chat and this guy's asked everyone 
how old is everyone in this group? And then someone's piped up, another guy has piped up. He's like, oh, none of the women will reply. And I'm like, oh, dude, <laughs> I want to be like, I want to clap back at you. But I also just left it because then another lady did. And I was like, bless you. <laughs> but I don't think, I don't think there's an issue with telling people how old you are. I don't know. I definitely think there's a taboo though, because I think there's that stigma that women don't like sharing their age. Yeah, but why? I don't. Like, I don't why really is that know. A, I don't think I've. Have I met someone who's not wanted to share their age before? In saying that, I. Oh, this is another podcast. I've had an issue with telling people my age, particularly around other small business owners. Why? Because I find that people suddenly put me in a particular box, or they'll judge me in a particular way so they'll say oh you're only 23 oh you don't have life experience exactly you're so young you wouldn't understand oh that's a good one that I get a lot you just wouldn't understand like well I have empathy (laughs) so I can probably put myself in a similar situation and try to feel the things that you feel but yeah but you know I just I just will never understand apparently I am dumb so dumb just a 23 year old clueless millennial oh oh gosh they just don't know anything <laughs> nothing i just prefer to buy avocado on toast instead <laughs> of buying a house <laughs> well i had avocado on toast and i still have a house so that's crazy who's winning you are just defying all the odds yeah in your face millennial doubters <laughs> and you're listening to overworked Okay, so let's talk about relationships and, like, family and friendships and, like, who we are in terms of that because I think that will play a lot into how we view the world because although we're very similar, we're still quite different. Yeah, sure. So I have – I come from a very close-knit four-person family unit. So my mum and dad and my brother and I, and we spend a lot of time together. I still live at home, so I see them all the time. (laughs) And I get along really well with my brother. I get along really well with my parents. We do a lot of stuff together. So I feel like we're one of those really weird families that just kind of share everything together and do a lot of stuff together. And I personally love it, um, but... I've been friends with people who haven't got that same family background um, and they really struggle to understand how that's even possible. It's like we're off a TV show or something. I get that completely. Like I love traveling with my parents. Right. And my family. Sorry. And my whole family. (laughs) Not just my parents. And sorry, Brendan. Sorry, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I really – because they they know me. Yeah, on a different level as well though. They're also a little more accepting of my rage quits, you know. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> like get I get that. super cranky in the heat and they're like, oh, it's just Amy, you know, whatever. Yeah. I'm not yep. going to ruin a friendship over that. <laughs> exactly. They it's- know that if I don't sleep one particular night, I'll be cranky two days later. Oh, really? They know exactly. Like those little things <laughs> that only your family and people that are really close to you know. Yep. And they can't run away either because they're family. I mean, they probably could. Well, not really. They're kind of stuck with me. 
<laughs> You'll just forever chase them. They're forever. like, Gabby, no. You're like, I want to live with you though. <laughs> I'm like, no, we're retired. You're like, we're no. family. <laughs> and what about friendships? What do you? What does your friendship circle look like? I was thinking about it because we were going to talk about this. I have, I have a best friend that I've known since grade nine. So we've been friends for a really, really long time. And I've gone through, so gone through uni, gone through multiple jobs and kind of picked up friends along the way, Yeah. which, so I've got separate, like my friends aren't intertwined. They're all kind of just like, you know, a mind map where it's like me in the middle and there's like yeah, six totally other people. That. Yeah. That, that's me. Yeah. Um, and all of those friendships really bring a different perspective. They're the people who I trust the most to give me really valuable feedback. What about your friendships? Um, mine are really, mine are actually really similar. So I, my best friend actually lives overseas. So long distance relationships, I get that. <laughs> um, and I met her on a student exchange. So I've seen her twice in our friendship for the last five years which makes it really hard, but it's also one of the best relationships that I've ever had because they are awake at 1am when you can't sleep and it's like the middle of their work day and you get really cool like lollies and chocolate and stuff from different countries. Um, and then when you catch up as well and when you actually see them in person, it's just like nothing has ever changed because you are already talking all the time and you feel like you're a part of each other's lives, which you are, just not physically. So, um, yeah, she's definitely up there. Apart from that, I've got a couple of friends that I've gotten from uni. I've stayed in contact with a handful of friends from high school um, and all of them are just so different. So they're different friends that I would go to for different things as well. It's kind of like that mind map. I'm kind of in the middle and I have one friend over here and one friend over there, um, which means they don't really see each other. And when they do, it's a little awkward. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I am usually the awkward one. Like I went to a friend's farewell on the weekend. It was pretty much mainly her family. And I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm just such an awkward human being. I'm like, how do I make a conversation? <laughs> what is talking? Hello. Do you have a dog? <laughs> no? Okay, cool. Okay, cool story. So obviously religion plays a big part in your life. Yeah. Not so much in mine. Like I have, I would say I'm Buddhist slash Taoist. Yeah. Um, I was talking to mum and dad about it over family dinner, like, and like what it means. Because when you read up on traditional Buddhism, it's different to what we kind of do. Like we're very, we do traditions and there's instances throughout the year where we'll do things that like like I'll eat vegan on certain moon days and I can't really explain to you why I do it but <laughs> I just know that mum says you know it would be good if you did this yeah well so it, it sounds like it's very much a cultural tradition mm. rather than not that it's not a religious tradition but it's a lot more embedded in your culture than anything mm -hmm. yeah so my parents are from Malaysia uh they're Chinese Malay they were there until they were about 20 moved over to Australia my dad comes from a family of five and some of them studied over in London and then moved to Australia 
And so dad had the opportunity to come over to Australia and essentially they got married, like mum and dad got married so that they could come over to Australia um, and, yeah, start a life over here, which was, like that's probably when I see what my cousins are up to, it's very different, the type of lives that we have. So I'm very, very eternally grateful that they made such a big move to an unknown country because that would have been very difficult for them. But they're very much Australian now. Like, yeah. My dad says, mate, like nobody's business. <laughs> I'm like, That's always Whoa. a sign you're Australian. Right? I'm like, you are more Australian than I am. Holy shit. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, bloody hell, mate. I'm like, what? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> but we still love Asian food. Of course. Luxo is the best. So, yes, that's my my cultural background. You didn't really expand on your religion, though. Uh, Yeah, no, I didn't. Um, So I'm from a Christian background. So my grandparents were pastors at a church in Melbourne and my mum's side of the family all became Christians before my mum was born. So um, both of... Both sides of my family have kind of grown up Christian. That's been a really, really big influence on my life. So I go to church every Sunday. I'm really involved in my church. Um, And so that plays a really big part in what I do in my day-to-day life. Um, It's just who I am. Do you think it contributes to the values that you hold as well? Definitely. Mm. Definitely. I think there's really, really strong values that uh, Christians have that kind of play out in all my beliefs and attitudes yeah everything that I do has been influenced by that religion Hmm. so let's talk about values though so I've I was trying to write values for my business actually okay and that was really difficult not because I don't know what the business should be but it's like articulating what I can actually do for someone and the value that I want internally for my business as well as externally for my customers. Yeah. Um, I knew that one was definitely fun. Like I'm I'm the wear Converse. Like I've started wearing Converse to work since, since I started this job and I don't think I'm ever going to stop because Converse are the best. They're so comfy. Shout out to Converse. You want to sponsor me? Um, so I think values are really interesting and I, I don't really know how to articulate them as well. Like, what are your values for your business? I think for me it's really hard because um, my business is called Gabby J Digital. So it's very much me as a brand. So it's kind of hard to draw the line and have separate values for my business and me personally. Um, So I think that my business's values reflect my values quite a lot in the way that um, Gabby J Digital exists to help people. And there's a lot of kind of, it's all about, other people and doing what I can to build other people up and build other people's businesses up. And so that is definitely a driving force behind my business. And it's also a driving force behind me personally. It's kind of what I stand for as well. Is that something that's heavily bedded down in Christianity? Definitely. Christianity is definitely all about helping and loving other people. So I think that's definitely reflective of the religion that I've grown up with and has become a part of my life day to day. Mm. like one of the values I probably hold the highest would be like family values obviously because I've talked about how much I 
am a family-oriented person, but loyalty as well. Yeah. I find that I – like I'll give someone a second chance because I want – like I, I just trust that they are innately trying to do their best. But I – like if they are disloyal, disrespect me or anything – I'm pretty quick to cut them out of my life. Like I, I tell you all the time, I'm like, don't waste your time with people who don't actually add value to your life. Um, and it sounds really selfish when you say it, but if you only have so much time that you can spend with people, why not allocate it to people who do make you happy and do give you a lot back? And that's not, it's not like giving you gifts or anything. It's like just being around like my best friend, for example, we can just sit in her apartment and just watch like random YouTube videos. But <laughs> that still brings me a heap more joy than spending time with somebody who I have to force a conversation with. Yeah. And I think like being loyal in terms of a friendship, like it's an, it's always a two-way street. Like I don't want to always constantly be like, hey, I haven't seen you in a year. <laughs> yes. Do you want to like do something? Oh, yes. Because then that's not really cool. That's not really a friendship. This is Amy and Gabby, and you're listening to Overworked. So, did you hear last week that they announced Kylie Jenner as the world's youngest self-made billionaire? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who didn't hear about it? It was everywhere. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of become quite controversial because people... Half of the people in the world are like, uh, she's amazing and she totally deserves this title. And the other half of the people in the world are like, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> and what side are you on, Gabby? I think that she does deserve that title. Tell me more about that. So if we flick to uh, Forbes, who are the people that uh, announced her as the youngest self-made billionaire, they actually define self-made as being someone who built a company or established a fortune on her own rather than inheriting some of some or all of it. So um, a lot of the people that are on the Forbes billionaire list have inherited the their fortune. Yeah. yeah. The fact that she's on the list is kind of a big deal. Um, but the fact that she's a self-made billionaire, I think that she is because she wasn't given the company, like she's made the company herself. Um, and yes, she comes from a family that is quite wealthy, but I think that it takes a lot of work to build a company, let alone build a company that's bringing in a billion dollars revenue. I can see your point, but I completely disagree. Like, Why? Com <laughs> okay, so first point is... Not many people – okay, so in when she started the business, she didn't use any money from her family to establish how, like, her factories and her products and paying to get all those people, like, the cosmetics tested because that would have been very costly to begin with. Like, people to make makeup, I think, costs a lot of money. For sure. And access to a lot of resources that probably wouldn't have existed had she not – being the person that she is and I'm not saying that she didn't work hard but I'm just saying that if you come from a lot of money and advantages and networks of course you're going to be able to 
you already have like five steps ahead of somebody else who doesn't have those resources oh, definitely. to build a billion dollar company. And she kind of had existing people to sell products to. True. She had a fan base. Like if I had, if I had that many people following me, it's like I could probably sell rugs and people would be like, damn, I really like that rug. I'm going to buy them and I could be the next self-made billionaire of rugs. I'll be like, who's that Frank Walker? Is it Frank Walker? No, that's National National Tiles. Tiles. (laughs) That's the name of my dog and I don't even know who, what he owns. Bloody hell, Frank. (laughs) But I could be like rugs a million, but a million times better, right? A billion times better. I could be rugs a billion. Oh my God. But I think... So, yes, I'm not saying that she didn't work hard, but I'm saying that I don't think you can call yourself a self-made billionaire when you already have so many resources available to you that the average person does. And it's like, I don't know. I just think people have so much money already and then you're just making more money. I know it's a little bit not fair. I get, yeah. Like I said, I get your point. I don't think it should be celebrated less, but I just think it kind of puts a stamp on people who have existing advantages over others. But I feel like that's always going to be the case. I feel like there's always going to be people that have more access to more resources somewhere like it wouldn't be fair to not give her that title because she's come from that background because she's trying to run a company. Yeah. I'm not saying she doesn't deserve the title, I guess, but I don't think it's something to be lauded over. That's fair. And I get that. I do. But also, if you had a lot of money and you came from a family that had a lot of money you could really do anything. She could be spending every single day on a different tropical island somewhere in the Pacific Ocean. She could also be contributing to, I don't know, sustainable <laughs> energy and green growth or something that might help the planet in some kind of way True. instead of creating more plastic use <laughs> things. That- That's a really good point. <laughs> I guess the point is she could be doing a lot with her money and the fact that she chose at 19, was it, or 18, to start a business and that she's stuck to that as well Mm. Um, because it's hard to run a business and the fact that she's still running it and it's going so successfully despite how much access she has to different resources, I think that it is something to not particularly look up to but it is definitely worth celebrating to an extent. Again, she has so many resources that are yeah. available to her, though. She does. She has a lot. Like, she probably has mentors who are able to kind of guide her decisions where you have to be the only individual who makes those decisions. That's an unrealistic expectation to be able to get from where she was at 18 to where she is now as a self-made billionaire on cosmetics when the average Joe probably couldn't do the same So I guess that's all we've got time for today. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe. And rate us if you're on iTunes. Are we on iTunes? 
Almost. <laughs> we will be by the time this comes out. Excellent. And thanks for listening. Okay, bye. Bye. So it sounds like uh, you're pretty into dogs as well. Do you have one? I totally have a dog. My dog Frankie Aww. is the cutest. He lives at home with me and my brother uh, in a home that, yes, I bought. Just a reminder that I ate avocado and I bought a home. It is possible. Uh, it is possible, guys. Eat that avocado, man. <laughs>